You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. It's Monday, April 4th, and we're going to start. With some spring football talk, a new offense coordinator, Garrett Riley, spoke with the media after practice on Saturday. We're going to discuss some of his comments here. Um, he was asked about the offensive line, and I, this, I think this was one of the more encouraging notes that came out of the media session Saturday. He said, a lot of progression. I just probably didn't know a whole lot about it coming here. I knew some of those guys, but probably the biggest surprise up to this point has been that group. We've had a nice mixture of people that have some real experience, and then guys we're in that developmental stage where now it's your turn and you're starting to see those guys really come together a little bit. It's a good start. I think we have a good group of core guys up there, but that's certainly a group I've been really excited about so far. Um, so some praise there for the offensive line. Seems like that group is doing better than he thought. Um, echoing some thoughts that Sonny Dyke shared earlier last week, that this um, group seems to be coming together, and that would be huge. I mean, one thing that's going to be key for this uh, offensive line crew is just staying healthy. They've had so many injuries, so much in and out, and that's really a position group. You have to have cohesion. Everybody has to be on the same page. Everybody has to be working, you know, at the same level um, to make it work. Uh, obviously, still some flux with those tackle positions, but if you can be solid from the inside out with those interior line positions, kind of starting with Steve Avila as an experienced guy at center, and then you can make things work all the way across with those five guys, um, that would just be really significant. Because no matter who's playing quarterback, you have to protect them. I mean, we, we saw Chandler Morris uh, and Max Duggan both show some great escapability last season, um, ability to make plays off schedule, make things happen. But it would be also nice to just see guys make plays in the pocket. And that starts with having a clean pocket, having the time to go through your progression, step up, make confident throws. Um, and that's going to benefit whoever ends up playing QB. On the quarterback position, not surprising, but a pretty non-committal answer when asked about Max Duggan and Chandler Morris, sort of how they've been doing so far, why they're getting equal reps in the spring. They said biggest thing is just consistency. Really, that's what it is. Who can get the ball from A to B at the highest rate? And who can put us in a position to move the football and take care of the ball? Um, who can do all those things consistently. I tell the guys all the time, it's a hard position to evaluate. There's certain metrics, um, excuse me, there's certain metrics that you can go by and quantitative things you can go by, but at the end of the day, it's just kind of who makes everybody else better. That's what you really got to evaluate on top of all that stuff. That's the biggest thing. Um, So some intangibles there, and Sonny Dyke said something similar, where he's basically like, I think the team generally knows who the quarterback's going to be before the coaching staff. You can just kind of see the team rally against somebody. You can see the team um, get behind someone. And I don't know who that's going to be. I think there was a lot of energy um, after that Baylor game from the team because of the way Chandler Morris played. Of course, they didn't follow that up with a performance against Oklahoma State. But at the same time, I, I think the biggest strength that Max Duggan has is that toughness, is that ability um, to get the guys to play hard for him because they see how hard he's playing out there. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I would love it if somebody could separate themselves before fall camp, whether that's public knowledge or not, 
just because I think it would be good for the team to have somebody in place that they can get behind, especially with a new coaching staff. But we'll see what happens. Um, on guys that have stepped up in the spring, you mentioned Darius Davis, Tay Barber, two speedsters in the slot. Um, DJ Rogers was a name that came up. So that's been a guy who's coming along, young guy with talent and athleticism. Uh, Jacarius Spivey, he also mentioned so the tight end position, getting some love. Um, last couple of practices, we're starting to turn the corner with Savion Williams and Quincy Brown. I've seen those guys make a couple competitive plays here the last couple of practices. That's been good to see. It's been encouraging. So really, all those players that have been named are guys that are going to be factors catching the football in the receiving game. And I think tight end will be a spot um, that's huge for this offense, which is a, a big shift from the last few years. You know, Darius Davis has always had a lot of talent. He's sort of in that same mold of a lot of former, you know, TC wideouts. I guess not so much Jalen Rager because he was more somebody that could play on the outside, but, you know, Deontay Gray, Kamonse Turpin, uh, Des White, not putting him exactly in the category of those players, just saying that explosiveness, that speed, someone who you can use in a variety of different ways. So I'm interested to see, um, you know, how this new staff kind of approaches ways to get him the football outside of just, you know, your little pop screens, tunnel screens, those types of things. Uh, because he is someone that showed a lot of toughness and resiliency the last few years and a guy um, who can simply just make plays. Gary they also mentioned just how beneficial it's been going against Gillespie and this defense. It's getting them better. Um, so some good thoughts there. I don't, I don't really expect anything publicly to be known about the quarterback position before spring camp is over. I feel like they're going to evaluate that closely. I, I do believe the telling thing will be, do they go after anybody in the portal? I think that'll be a telling factor in this quarterback competition. Not so much in who has the edge, just if the guy they want is on campus right now. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. It was good to hear from Garrett Riley. Uh, really seems like the passing game has a chance to take off this year, but that's contingent on the offensive line holding up, and it's contingent on the quarterback making consistent throws. Hearing from offensive coordinator in spring, though, that's a cool thing. You know, not something that we're accustomed to. Um, so glad that we could hear his thoughts. Spring practice continues to roll on. That spring game coming up in a couple weeks. On Friday night, April 22nd, under the lights, should be a good deal, and we'll get some more insight into the team uh, when that goes down. When we come back, unfortunately, not super positive things to talk about with TCU baseball. A rough, rough week that culminated with a series loss to West Virginia. We'll break it all down next. This is Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, locked on Horned Frogs. So TCU baseball went one and four this week. They lost two midweek games on Tuesday and Wednesday, Abilene Christian and UTSA, and then dropped two out of three to West Virginia this weekend. And if not for a impressive comeback on Saturday afternoon, after falling behind four nothing, rally back a Braden Taylor home run put them up five four, and they kept that lead for good. Uh, if not for that, they would have gotten swept by the Mountaineers. So just not an inspiring week of baseball from a team that's schedule is about to get a lot tougher. Going to Austin this week, then Texas Tech, Florida State, Oklahoma State, also looming you know, in the month of April into early May. 
Um, so yeah, not a great way to head into that tough, tough stretch. Um, if you watched the game this weekend or if you're following it, you heard the name Mark Winters. Mark Winters is an umpire. He was part of the crew this weekend, and uh, he seemed to have a personal beef with TCU, which was something else. So uh, on Friday night, Frogs were down 3-2 in the bottom of the ninth. At the bases loaded, two outs. David Bishop, 3-2 count. Um, West Virginia pitcher throws a fastball on the outside on the outside of the play. He's trying to hit the outside corner, trying to paint the black. Did not do that. It looked like it was a couple feet outside. Catcher, you know, tried to frame it. Uh, Mark Winters rung David Bishop up. Strike three, game over. David Bishop was upset. Got in his face a little bit. Understandable. Emotions are high. I mean, game's literally on the line. Um, and then on Sunday, Mark Winters was the third base umpire. There was a review. A West Virginia player um, had either been hit by a pitch or there was a foul ball. They were trying to figure it out. And he went in the TCU dugout for a review, and him and Kirk Sarlis exchanged words. Kirk Sarlis apparently was asking a question on why the play was being reviewed. Um, and Winters got in Kirk's face, and Kirk sort of fired back. And it was enough of a confrontation that it kind of made the rounds on social media after the game. So all that was just crazy. Uh, there were some bad calls for sure. Friday night was sort of a mess. It looked like that was ball four, and it should have put TCU at least in a tie ball game on the bottom of the ninth with a chance for uh, Gray Rogers to come up and win it. I'll say this, though, about that. That's something that I talked about with Eric Hughes last week. Um, well, for one, that shouldn't have even been a factor because they should have closed out the game on the top of the ninth. River Ridings blew a save, Gave up a couple hits. He had first and third with one out. Looks like he was going to get out of it. Got a strikeout to get two outs. Had the next hitter on a 2-2 count. West Virginia steals home. And to River's credit, I mean, Curtis Byrne popped up, started yelling at him. He got the ball there in time. But he, because he was looking down, he wasn't 100% engaged. And Byrne tried to sweep tag the runner. Ball ends up getting knocked out of his hands. And then both runs score because the runner from second was just coming straight on. And, and River Ridings, to be fair and to be honest, didn't really get home plate to cover fast enough. Um, so that led to TCU losing. Could have won that game 2-1. to one. Wasted a start from Riley Cornelia, which is unfortunate. But I get why Bishop is upset. It probably was ball four. And Elijah Nunez had a situation a couple of bats before that where... He, on a 3-2 count, took a ball that was looked like it was probably inside, but umpire rung him up. And I don't know what the balance is, but I just feel like this team is too passive. I get you want to try to get on base. I get you're trying to work a walk. You're trying to get pitch counts up. But in big situations, swing the bat. The other frustrating thing about the bottom of the ninth inning, Logan Maxwell just had a terrible A-B. And he was trying to get a bunt down. Two attempts, couldn't do it, and then had a half-hearted swing and a high fastball for strike three. And I don't really understand. I mean, I know he's beneficial in the field. I don't really get why Logan Maxwell is getting the amount of at-bats he's getting right now. Like, I, I think he's a talented freshman. I feel like he's going to be a good player in the next few years. There's obviously plenty of time to develop. 
but he's just not getting it done. And I'm not sure why Porter Brown is not getting more of a look. Not that Porter's setting the world on fire. I would just like to see him maybe have a chance to work some of that out on the lineup on a consistent basis. Um, you know, just not loving what I'm seeing from the bottom of the order right now. This team really has, they have one good starting pitcher at the moment. And it's Riley Cornelia. And he was great again on Friday night. Um, you know, worked fast, did his thing, turned over the bullpen, and unfortunately they could not get it done on Friday. Cam Brown uh, cannot be in the starting rotation. Like, for however long Austin Krobe is out, Cam Brown can't be out there. He's just not getting it done. Um, you know, walked a few guys in the first inning on Saturday. To be fair to him, there was after that there was a basis clearing double, and it was a bloop double. I mean, it was a chopper down the line that just got past David Bishop. But you give up free passes, and those things happen. And Marcelo Perez came in and saved the day. But Cam Brown, I don't know what the other option is. Maybe it is Marcelo. Kirk Sarlu said after the game Saturday, they're actually planning on starting Marcelo on Wednesday because of concussion protocol situation. He ended up getting pushed, uh, you know, to his just regular bullpen session on Saturday. And he was able to pitch six and two-thirds and keep them in that ball game. But I, I don't want to see Cam Brown back out there. If, even if Austin Grove's hurt, give somebody else a chance. It's just not working. Um, and Brett Walker, I like that he works fast. I like that he's not afraid of the strike zone. But he's just getting, I mean, he's just getting hit. Like, he's just playing simple. But after the first couple starts of the season, he's been getting knocked around a little bit. It's just too many singles and doubles strung together, and teams are putting runs on him. And today, West Virginia put five runs on the board. Uh, really uninspiring effort from the lineup today. Just top to bottom. Wasn't getting it done. I mean, some hard hit balls that were right at players. But overall, two runs on four hits. That's just not going to do it. Um, positives. Marcelo Perez on Saturday, I mentioned earlier, was nails. So that's big. Whether he stays in kind of a long relief situation in the bullpen or maybe move him into that starting spot for a little while. Um, it's significant. Luke Savage was great, uh, which is good news. Caleb Bolden came in in a much shorter stint than those two guys and was super effective, was the most effective he's been all year. So that's encouraging. Um, but overall, it's a series loss to West Virginia and a lot of questions about this team as they head to Austin this weekend. Before they do that, they're going to Arlington to play UTA on Tuesday. But man, just a tough tough week for TCU baseball. We'll cover it though. Uh, win or lose, whatever's going on, we're going to cover it moving forward. Uh, this has been Locked on Horn Sharks, Podcast Network, your team every day.